at the moment, I'm living a very labelless life, so to speak. A very objective life. And I don't know if that's spirituality, so to speak. But I do know it's freedom. Welcome to My Spiritual Friends from Worthy Well, the podcast that's here to affirm and inspire you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Shelby Renee Giles. Grab some tea and settle in as I dive deep into the stories behind the spiritual awakenings and numinous experiences of people from all walks of life and how those experiences changed how they see and care for themselves and the world around them. We're here to normalize your spiritual experiences in the physical realm, one story at a time. Come out of your spiritual closet with us. Hey y'all, I am back with another episode of My Spiritual Friends. I want to ask y'all, how are you doing on the other side of that Scorpio new moon and solar eclipse? Because it's been real. It's been real over here. And I just want to send y'all some love because... Scorpio season is full of depth. You know, it really helps us to unearth parts of ourselves that we haven't really been able to see new layers of our being to move through, even reckon with. And so I'm sending everybody lots of love and um, encouragement, you know, because it's not easy to look at all those parts of ourselves, you know, and to really face our shadows in that way. But when we do, there is so much for us on the other side, speaking from experience. And I know it's not easy again, but I just encourage everyone to take the time to see what's coming up for you, sit with it, be with it, let it show you a new layer of who you are. And the one other thing I'll say about this is you all know I talked about self-devotion in the last episode and we'll be talking about it a lot more. If you haven't already, please definitely make sure you sign up for the self-devotional newsletter, Worthy Wells, coming support and accountability partner for us all on this self-devotion journey as we move beyond self-care. But how this relates to um, Scorpio season is self-devotion is facing our shadows as challenging as it is at times. Self-devotion is facing our shadows knowing that that is the direction in which we will find the light. That is the direction in which we will find the light. So I hope that is encouraging for all of us who are moving through this shadowy time. And yeah, just be encouraged. Give yourself love. Love all of your pieces, your light and your dark, you know? And we talk about this a little bit, but 
about so much more as well. Um, And by we, I mean myself and my latest guest, the guest of this episode, Adina Chewe, who is this amazing, intuitive, creative entrepreneur who I've had the pleasure of working with, y'all. Adina is actually the creative genius behind the Worthy Well website. So if you haven't taken a look at the website yet, please do, if only just to take it in and appreciate the beauty in it. You know, it truly is a manifestation of everything that I feel that Worthy Well represents. And I'm so grateful to Adina for um, lending her just creative wisdom to that project and also for just being an amazing human being. So let me tell you a little bit about Adina. Adina is uh, the creator of Wild Logic, her brand, and she's an interdisciplinary artist in continuous pursuit of joyful expression. Partnering with dreamers, she creates visual stories for the wild ones, coloring life outside the lines while helping to make a socially positive impact through playful art, type, and design. And we get into so, so many beautiful conversations from letting go of fear to freedom, you know, and how we define that for ourselves. So I'm so excited for you all to dive deep with me into Adina's spiritual journey. And I'm so grateful to Adina for sharing. So let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. Happy days. Happy days. Yes. It's so good to see your face. It's so good to see your face. Likewise. Yes. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Also, just such a great opportunity for us to catch up. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Which is so beautiful. Time is fun. Yes, time has flown. And so, as you know, and as my listeners know, I always like to start with how I meet my guests. And I met Adina by basically emailing her multiple times for months, trying to get on her schedule for design. (laughs) Because I knew she was, I knew she was highly sought after And I just, I'd followed you on, um, Instagram and I was just like, oh, I need to work with this woman. Like your, your approach to design is just so, so unique and so magical. And I loved that you described yourself as, or describe yourself as an intuitive designer, And that really resonated with me, of course, as someone who deeply values the role of intuition just in all of our lives. And and I definitely saw that intuitive approach show up in our partnership on the Worthy Well website, which 
If you all have not checked out the Worthy Well website, please do. Adina just worked (laughs) her magic. I mean, it is just, it was more beautiful than I could have imagined on my own because I didn't know like what was possible. And you really, you know, helped me to see that. And you're just amazing to work with. You're just so amazing to work with. You know, I just so enjoyed the process and so enjoyed getting to know you along the way. And I'm glad we're here now, like, you know, having this conversation to dive into your journey and how it reflects in your work, where you see it going and just, yeah, how life is going, you know, from a spiritual perspective. So Thank you again for agreeing to be on the podcast. And yeah, I'm just excited to chat, excited to have this conversation. Ooh, I'm excited too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, blessings. This is, yeah, this is so timely, so aligned, and oh, I have no words. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Yeah. So let's dive right in, you know? Um, Just starting from the very beginning of when you became conscious of spirituality, you know, as a spiritual being, when you were growing up, how did spirituality show up in your life? And what did it mean for you? How did it kind of show up along your path and evolve as you were growing up? Oh, um, I'm going to try and make this... Sure-ish, but (laughs) growing up, I moved around a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm. from the moment I was born, I within five years, I had lived in two different continents. Mm -hmm. And I was an only child, so my parents put a lot of their values and religious understanding in me. And when I was born in Zambia, my family in general, especially my mother's side, is heavily... Uh, raised in the Catholicism and so that was instilled in me I went to Catholic schools no matter where Catholic uh, nurseries primary schools all of those spaces and so very early on I was introduced to a world of spirituality to be honest Mm. Um, I didn't know what it was per se but I was already sort of instilled with things like life was beyond me that there were things that I was going to learn and grow up understanding beyond what I could see. Mm. And it wasn't until my family settled in England in the UK, uh, where I went to a particular primary school, which I think is, I don't know what you'd call like, not high school, but it's before that. Mm -hmm. Like middle school, I guess. (laughs) Um, And I started middle school. Yeah. I would have been like nine. Yeah. I think like middle school will probably be the equivalent. The, the equivalent. Yeah. So I went to one of my, my last one, because uh, I moved up so many different schools and I learned a lot of so many different religions at once. I mm-hmm. learned about Hinduism, Catholicism, mm-hmm. Christianity, the differences between the two, uh, the differences across Europe and how there's Roman Catholics and then the Vatican, the Vatican understanding, and then how they approach religion and in Africa too, uh, specifically Benin. And so I learned a lot just unintentionally. I didn't know what this was though. It was just something that was instilled in me and not to dive too deep into it, 
later on, especially when I went to high school, secondary school, um, and even into university, I started to separate myself from that religious doctrine. I stopped going mm. to church and that was my own personal evolution where I found myself not needing church to be in a mm -hmm. physical space because I started to be more introverted, to be honest. I didn't mm -hmm. necessarily like being out in public spaces. And so being kind of creating my own church sometimes really helped me. And that's just naturally how I pivoted away. Um, mm. So spirituality in a way has always been a part of my life, even if I didn't know what it was. Wow. Yeah. It's so beautiful to have had the exposure to so many different religions and, you know, ways of showing up, I guess, contextualized spirituality through religion at such a young age. How do you think that impacted yeah. how you saw spirituality, you know, once you started to kind of venture out on your own and um, really defining what your personal journey was going to be? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put spirituality and religion together because I do mm -hmm. know that there are people that see that as separate. But what I can say is that it introduced me to a world outside of myself. It made mm -hmm. me realize that I am not kind of the most important person, that there's an evolution to the experience of my journey. And it mm -hmm. helped me understand myself from more than my ego. When I started mm -hmm. to veer into or just kind of expand upon that. It was in 2012 when my auntie, one of my closest aunties, my, my mother's sister, unfortunately passed away. Mm. She was really young. She had just traveled back from living in India. Um, she was there studying and it was just so unexpected. Mm. She actually passed away on my cousin's birthday, um, oh, wow. which was the, like her son's birthday. And it was just the most, it was so heavy. Mm. I had never felt that kind of pain. My family was so separate. I was alone living in London mm. and my sister was like hundreds of miles away from me. Like the family that I had known was like kind of splitting up. And that's when I started to realize that I need to have my, I need to find my strength, even if I cannot see it, because right now mm. it was so painful. And I was also in 2012 to, to give context I was in my second year of university on one of the most mm. demanding industries fashion and mm. it was hard it was so hard to be um to be that mm. period mm -hmm. like just mm -hmm. to be was really challenging and it it did affect my work and it's honestly something I wish I here in the UK I'm not sure about in the US or anywhere else but we can take get um, we can defer a year mm. um and I that's one of the things I can only say I regret. Like I regret not deferring mm -hmm. because not only did my family suffer a tremendous loss, but I was evolving and I didn't even know what to do with it. Mm. Um, my beliefs changed overnight. It was wow. overnight. And then four weeks to the day, uh, my grandma passed away. Mm. So it was just very heavy. And uh, that yeah. was the year that changed everything. Yeah. Wow. So very consciously changed mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that must have been, like you said, such a heavy time. And alongside that, 
knowing that that had a huge impact on how you were evolving, you know? Um, and one of my, I, I repeat this often on the podcast. One of my, um, spiritual mentors, Milana Snow often says all things for our use. And I love that saying, you know, because it takes the subjectivity out of it and it keeps us from saying, Oh, but what about this? What about that? Yeah. And it also reminds us to be in, um, in deep surrender with what is so that we can truly like learn from it and let it evolve us, you know, in the way that it it's meant to. And so, yeah, as you were sharing that, it made me, you know, think about that saying and, and how it impacted you, you know, and what were like some of those changes that were spurred by those very difficult events, like in your family? One big thing, um, the search for freedom, the search mm. for understanding freedom, freedom became mm. my word. Mm. It became my word. I remember actually finding a journal, uh, I like to write things down a lot. I have a lot. Um, I rack them up. And so I found a journal recently or within the last year or so, but I go back to it where I had said, I need to be free. Mm. And that was from years ago, I think like 2016. And so I always come back to that word freedom. Something else, I guess, even connected to freedom is fear didn't exist anymore in a lot of ways. The things that I was afraid of at the time, which was fear of not of not being fully me. Mm. I used to, with the fashion industry, there's this, at least my experience is that there is this sort of perception of the way that you need to as a student show up and be like mm. and dress like and all of these different things that honestly hold you back from even getting the degree there was such a battle internally and I'm like we're all here paying a ridiculous amount of money getting a degree <laughs> the only person we're in comp- competition with is ourselves and so that was gone mm. it was gone like I didn't have that competition I'm, I'm honestly in a the best way possible I'm a loner so I don't really I'm like I like to work by myself I mm-hmm. can work in teams obviously we work mm-hmm. together so I don't mm-hmm. mind that but yeah I think where I was at that time especially how deeply hurt I was and what was feeling and I couldn't do anything because I was I couldn't leave university they wouldn't let me so I was having mm-hmm. to deal with so much pain at the same time and heal and evolve and also try to be there for my sister because my mother mm-hmm. actually left. She mm-hmm. went back home. So my sister was here at school. She's seven years younger than me. So it was mm-hmm. just such a, there was wow. so much, like so much. And so I just didn't care about these little mm-hmm. things that I were bigger things mm-hmm. just maybe a week before. Wow. And that year changed everything. I also applied for a visa that year uh, to go work in America. And that was when I moved Mm -hmm. to America the following year when before I was afraid of it and I was, I was told not to do it. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, Hey, I don't care. (laughs) We're doing it. We're going to do stuff that is fearful regardless because it's my life. And I understand that, you know, I appreciate people who give their opinions and I'm going to share their truths too, but 
there's only so much you can hear in other people because their truths are theirs. Yes. They're just opinions for you. Yes. That is such a word. That is such a word. And wow, freedom and letting go of fear. Just yeah. two just deeply connected concepts. And I too resonate very deeply with just the the concept of freedom, you know, and what that looks like and and knowing that we're it's available to all of us, you know, and it does require letting go of fear over and over and over and over again. Over <laughs> to live that freedom. Over. And so yeah. Absolutely. Constantly. <laughs> constantly, you know. Yeah. Um but that's such a beautiful call for all of us, you know, to continue to to seek that freedom and and move through the world knowing that we are free. You know, it's actually not even something we have to seek, you know, it's just becoming conscious of it. And um, you mentioned in university, you know, being in fashion, like some of the expectations that came along with that. I'm really curious mm. to hear <laughs> how, uh, when you said freedom, I was just like, yes, like this makes so much sense, you know? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how your spiritual journey coincided with the creation of what you do now, your current business? Yeah. So in my final year of my degree, we actually had to create our own fashion label. So my degree was fashion and textiles. And I specialized mm -hmm. in knitwear, but it also involved the theology of mm -hmm. fashion alongside marketing as well, business. Mm -hmm. So in the final year and the final semester, we had we we did a deep dive. We did marketing and we had to basically what we did working together, mm -hmm. deep dive in who is our competitor, what would be the ideal consumer and create a brand. So that was my mm -hmm. first introduction to branding, unintentionally not knowing that that's what I was going to do. I just, mm -hmm. it was honestly in three years, that was the most enjoyable thing mm -hmm. and wasn't the most stressful. It was actually kind of trippy when I think about it, but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But at the time I really enjoyed it, but there were certain things that we were being taught that I didn't quite understand. Like one thing is they forced me to use my name as my label, but I was like, I don't mm -hmm. want to use my name. But their excuse for that was because that's what fashion brands do at the time. Mm. And at least like the big ones at the time and the big ones at the time were like Alexander Wang, um, mm -hmm. the ones that were known for their first name and their surname, Alexander Wang. I think Victoria Beckham had come out at that time. And so it was just mm -hmm. that was what I guess they wanted us to emulate. And based upon that's what people chose. And I. I didn't want to do that. It didn't feel right, but I did it anyway for the degree. But honestly, it didn't feel honest inside. I was just doing it to yeah. tick boxes. So after I graduated, that was actually when I left and I went to go live in uh, New York for a while. Mm. And so I didn't touch fashion after that until I had returned in 2014, following a year after my graduation, where I started to touch into the industry. And I, but I went into styling. I didn't want to do mm -hmm. a label at the time. I, I just really enjoyed like putting things together, making, mm -hmm. 
puzzles out of things, making things look, I don't know, bringing things together that don't make sense at the time, but just look amazing mm-hmm. at the end. And that's what I love doing, the journey, the puzzling, the, the logic built, like breaking down. Um, and then during that time, I actually met a stylist, a fellow stylist who needed an identity. And because I, that was the last thing I did on my course, I said, well, I have experience in this. I'd love to help you. Mm-hmm. So we worked together. I did it for free. Didn't even think of asking money because I didn't even know mm-hmm. for like several years. And I would just make mm-hmm. brands for her. And I guess in a way it was practice for me as mm-hmm. it was in her discovering what she needed out of herself. Yeah. And even for herself, although we're not close anymore, um, she pivoted out of fashion too. And mm. so she adores, I think, like the clothing and the styling aspect, but not necessarily for others. What she adored was the making a woman whole again. Mm. And that really, ins- just seeing that world inspired me. She gifted me with so much knowledge of a separate world of spirituality whereby, you know, manifestation, law, mm-hmm. the 12 laws of the universe, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it was when I started to see that, I guess in reflection now, you answering me this question, I guess I got to, she was my glimpse in seeing, wow, like these things can be put together. Mm. And she would always say to me, like, your logic don't make sense. Like, I beg, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Can we, but she loved the fact that I would be able to create these worlds for her that she didn't understand that were even possible. Mm. So during that tenure of like four to five years of working together, Wild Logic was born um, wow. out of a search for freedom, out of a search for experimentation, exploration, but where logic knew no bounds and it was always wild because it never made sense um, where wow. these things were pulled together. And it's just that natural progression, that conversation, that having that back and forth and being able to be around someone who was making that magic for themselves in a way mm-hmm. um, helped me in a ginormous way grant me freedom in a way that I didn't know was even possible and it just keeps going and ever evolving and Mm -hmm. winding its gentle path and I I'm excited for it's going even though the pivot feels kind of daunting yes Yeah, it's so beautiful to even know that you've been in this very full expression of wild logic for so many years now and you being at this like evolution point, a new evolution point. I'm sure there have been others along the journey as well. Can you talk a little bit about like what prompted that evolution as it relates to your own, you know, journey and and why yeah. you felt the need to pivot? For sure. I mean, honestly, it was very random. The first time I was helping a friend, that's how I journeyed into visual communication and the language mm-hmm. of art. I didn't know what it was, but I fell into it and I deeply surrendered to whatever I was falling into. I got my certificates that mm-hmm. I needed and I sought out more experimentation. But while I was doing that, I traveled I immersed myself in different cultures. I met new people. I lived in different worlds. And Mm -hmm. so even though professionally you can say that's what it looks like, I I was doing that personally too. Mm -hmm. They coincide with one another. Wild logic is me as I am it. And Mm -hmm. so there is no separation. But for a very long time, 
it looked as if there needed to be. And that was why the involvement and the pivot needed to happen because I separated myself from the very thing that I am. Mm. And so now, honestly, it's full circle. I'm coming back to the very message that I started doing, which was just basically making stuff make sense, <laughs> to put it in <laughs> layman's terms, just experimenting and being okay with whatever it looks like. It could be a brand identity today, but it could be a book tomorrow. And the more that I journey within those projects, I realize that me separating Wild Logic from me, I am only doing a disservice to those who I partner with because I'm not mm. bringing my full self. I'm bringing a version of mm. what I think people think they see me as. Mm -hmm. So that one I recognize deeply. And I believe whatever comes next now is what it's supposed to always be. Yeah. That is so inspiring, especially, you know, as someone who has worked with you, you know? Yeah. And I forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just not in a good way. Like, I'm yeah, like, it feels so natural, you know? I know. So yeah. like, it's so funny. It's like anytime we were, you know, on calls together in the past, we're just like talking about <laughs> human design and like all yeah. these other things. I'm like, oh, and by the way, here's what we need to talk about for this. <laughs> Yeah, wait, but you no, but you kept us yeah. on track you kept us on track oh. <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh god yeah but yeah it's just so inspiring as someone who has experienced your brand you know firsthand and like what it's like to work with you and you know to see this evolution happening I feel like I experienced such an authentic partnership in working with you and like experiencing your brand. And, and I don't know if it's because I'm intuitive and then you're also intuitive. You reflected so many beautiful things, you know, back to me, oh, like during our partnership. Um, but I, I always saw it as one, you know, like when I, as I was getting to know you, oh, as I was, you know, working with you, I was just like, she is wild logic. Like she is this, you know, she really does like personify this identity. And that's why I lit up when you started talking about freedom, because it very much like so much of it is about freedom. And in many ways, I feel like, you know, we connected in such a beautiful time, um, of course, divine time. But I was in a space where I was still like, defining my brand, you know, and mm. I feel I feel like working with you helped me to put as much of myself as possible into my own brand because that's how you show up, you know? And so mm -hmm. that has been, you know, such a beautiful just gift and and getting to go through that process with you. So I just love that so much. Um, Thank you so much. Yes, of course. Those are some words. <laughs> all true. All true. Yeah. And I'm excited for people to, you know, get to experience, you know, I guess the, the more intentional expression of that at this stage in your journey. And, you know, speaking of your work, I know not just your work, but your life, because we've already established that there is no separation 
Um, and so I'm curious to hear about how you are sustaining yourself on your journey, you know, right now, um, how you care for yourself, you know, any things that you consider to be non-negotiables. Um, this could be anything from practices that you engage in to ways that you are committed to showing up for yourself on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, just curious to see how you are, you know, really sustaining the journey you're on. Mm. Oh my gosh. So many things came up, Um, but they all stem from one thing or one sentiment is I don't set myself New Year's goals or New Year's resolutions um, because I feel like any day, any moment you can start anew. Um, I think a new year is great for those who need it, if you feel like you need it. Mm-hmm. But every day can be a new day, a new dawn, so to speak. Yes. So I didn't come into this year with, oh, I usually select a word, um, a word, whether it's integrous or morals, just a word, whereby I want to uphold that word throughout all that I do throughout the year. But I didn't have one this year. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing so far, purely because it has allowed me to discover so much meaning in ways that I didn't know I needed to. Because mm-hmm. I work for myself, because I work for my home, honestly, the lockdown didn't affect me. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the effect, should I say. Mm-hmm. I saw it happening outside, but I experienced the effects this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so I was on a foundational journey of just building myself back up in so many ways honestly from Mm -hmm. our project I took a break I took that step away because I realized in myself I was missing myself Mm -hmm. in certain departments so to speak Mm -hmm. so I started exploring self-love and compassion from a new lens of growth I've entered my 30s this year and I I realized so much about myself that Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I needed to know. So I don't know if it means like, because I'm 30, I now know these things about me or because I was too young to understand what it meant to be who I am. I don't know, but I now know Mm. what it means to have self-compassion, but Mm. compassion for me means I have compassion for others. When I love myself, it means I have the capacity to love others. If I take Mm -hmm. care of myself, it means that I can do that for others. So I started to put myself first. I became so selfish this year. Maybe that's my word of the year because Mm. without that selfishness, so to speak, I wouldn't have known what my love language is, my boundaries, what my home feels like, what nutrition feels like, what my body feels like. I Mm. know so much about myself. And yes, it was a painful way and it still is. Kind of, when I say painful, I don't mean physical but I felt heartache and I felt Mm. you could even use this word lightly depression but the only reason Mm -hmm. I say that word is because I have suffered for I I have in the past had that so Mm -hmm. I know what those things feel like but it's passed through me I've been very objective Mm. in the emotions I'm not attaching to everything I'm learning from them and I'm Mm. just learning that I'm a vessel and so honestly I don't know being selfish is really allowed me to 
be even more loving and compassionate in everything, but not only for me, for others. Because I know that when I show up in my best self, I'm able to do that for others so easily. There's no time limit. There's no limit on how much love I can give. Because if I put boundaries on that, I believe that's when that's when that separation begins to happen again. That's yeah. when I begin to move away from who I actually am when I define something. So mm-hmm. at the moment, I'm living a very labelless life, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. a very objective life. And I don't know if that's spirituality, so to speak, but I do know it's freedom. Mm. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> I That absolutely answers the question. Um, and as you said that, um, I thought to myself, I, I believe spirituality is freedom you know, and what you shared about how you are choosing, you know, to show up in this moment, it made me think about, um, accountability, you know, some might call it radical accountability. My hope is that, uh, one day soon it's not so radical, you know, I agree, but it's accountability and, it's a lot. Like I, I completely relate to you. I've, you know, experienced depression, you know, in the past as well and know what that feels like. And there are many levels to it, you know? Yes. And just allowing things to, you know, move through you and not attach to, to them has been a huge part of my journey as well. Just, um, learning to learn from the thing, you know, and a beautiful thing about that accountability piece that I found is that it's, it's actually such good news, you know, it's such good news to know that we don't need to look outside of ourselves for the validation, the love, all the things. I know it's, it's very much a deconditioning that, you know, I believe is happening in mass right now at different levels for people, you know, individually. Um, But I'm choosing to see it as good news that I am accountable to myself first. And yeah, that just trickles out to everyone else. And I just love that you, are in that space where you you're really embracing that. And that is a form of freedom from connecting or seeking outside of yourself for, for the love that you already have. So that's, that's really beautiful. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I think what you said, the I am, mm-hmm. I am has so much power than we give credit for because the mm-hmm. word that we attach after the fact is who we have the chance to become. Mm-hmm. But when I say labelless, that's what I mean. Cause mm-hmm. we all that we are. So I am all that I am first mm-hmm. and foremost. Mm-hmm. And anything else is just a bonus. Yeah. So if we don't feed the I am first, it's almost like what we do is pointless after the fact, because I don't want to say pointless because I feel like there's lessons to be learned and everything, but I mean, it, it's doing ourselves a disservice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And um, 
And it also like really connects with, you know, this concept of self-devotion that I've been talking Mm. a lot about lately and um, like what it means to move from self-care, you know, to self-devotion. And I feel like what you articulate is very much that, you know, it's not about the fleeting sense of well-being. It's the deeply entuned, accountable way in which we pay attention to who we're being in the world, not just what we're doing to be well. And mm-hmm. I think that's such a huge, a huge part of it, you know? I can agree more. So yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm just like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, um, where you are on your journey right now is such a beautiful and also like deeply present place to be like present Mm -hmm. internally, you know, present place to be. Um, What do you feel you are learning the most at this stage as you continue to commit to freedom as you continue to commit to honoring yourself first um, what do you feel like you're learning the most on that journey um i think the biggest thing that comes to mind right now and i honestly think it just echoes so much and relates to so much is the objectivity of emotions Mm -hmm. I didn't realize what that meant. I used to hear a lot about the idea of like, we are not our emotions, emotions are what we experience. I used to hear that so much. And I thought I knew what it meant, but I actually know what it means. The last month alone, or just this time in general, this year in general has been really hard, um, uncompromisingly hard in effect that a lot of what I've been experiencing has been very external. So I have felt really low things that are not mine and for the Mm -hmm. first time I've been able to stay there with them not judge them but also not allow them to become me Mm. not allow them to define me and that's something that's really gone into I don't want to say like ritual of self-care but I don't care about the aesthetics of self-care I Mm -hmm. do what is which is care for myself um Mm -hmm. care for my body i look after myself like non-negotiables in a lot of ways is writing and boundaries and Mm -hmm. not being afraid of that not being afraid of speaking my truth i used to hold Mm -hmm. back a lot not just even you know professionally but personally to family members and not say things because i was afraid i don't even know what i was afraid of honestly i genuinely don't know and Mm -hmm. so it's just a a big all in, I mean it's a big thing that's affected so much not attaching myself to emotions or not being attached or feeling them and 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 being like okay this is what i feel is it mine no okay and then it just it like disappears like the feeling leaves my body mm-hmm. and then i get to feel myself like come to my center state so to speak i don't i'm trying to even let go of those words that sound confusing because mm-hmm. I feel as if spirituality can be like that sometimes where it's a lot of jargon, but it's very yeah. simple. And I 
I'm even challenging myself to to simplify the message to myself so I can have a more deeper connection to that understanding because it doesn't mm-hmm. have to sound or be that way. Again, going back to this idea of like the aesthetics of spirituality, the aesthetics, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what people see and think about it, it's what you have an understanding of and how you take in that message or how you take it in. So it's the one thing is becoming labelless to the emotions that I feel and not allowing myself to perceive anything, but just experience it. So I genuinely don't attach. And what I found is that when I have conversations and I'm just sharing truth, mm-hmm. they try to attach emotions to that. And I'm like, I have to cut them off or either just explain, look, I'm just sharing with you. There is no emotion here. And I can see how people don't get that. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that I get, I don't know where in your journey of spirituality or emotional maturity, I don't even know, but that is something that is honestly quite groundbreaking to not only what is coming next for me personally, but also professionally, because Mm -hmm. there's no emotion attached. And especially when we feel lower or we feel despondent or we don't feel like our best selves, regardless if you know that you can't be your best self in that moment then it's not yours if you Mm -hmm. know that you can't act then it's not yours if you know you can't be then it's not yours and those are just huge huge gratifying lessons that I've learned in the last honestly Mm. week to month since my birthday since June Mm. Um, and something that just continues to get louder and louder wow that's such a profound yeah. <laughs> learning, you know, it's such yeah. a profound learning and just being in this place where you are so deeply grounded in yourself yeah. that you know what's not yours, you know? Um, yeah. And even just knowing that the sticky emotions even are not, um, they are not connected to, how do I put this? They're not, I heard someone put it this way once that certain, you know, emotions that may come up, sometimes they are just a moment of forgetting that we are divine, you know, a moment of forgetting that we are like God is within us. And that doesn't mean that they are, you know, to be thrown away, but they are meant to be learned from. There's meant to be yeah. a non-attachment to them because yeah. they're just there to, to show you something and then move on, you know? Yeah. And so I love the way you put that. And it's such a powerful practice. A lot of people, I was thinking about this the other day, I'm trying to change my um, language around. I feel like I actually don't hear people say this as much either anyway, but um, when people say doing the work um, or this is the work, um, yeah, I feel like it's like, this is the practice, which I don't know mm-hmm. why it feels different for me, you know, to say this is the practice, but every single moment you know, is a practice. It's an opportunity to practice being more conscious of our identity as, you know, divine emanations of God, 
you know? And so it's really beautiful to hear the depth with which you are approaching your life, you know, in this moment, Mm -hmm. but also knowing that where everyone is, like you are exactly where you're supposed to be. You know, there is no, there is no right or wrong. There is no behind or ahead. Like it's, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, you know, learning what you need to learn. And the most important thing is to be with it, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is for you in any given moment. And so I feel like that's where that objectivity comes in where you're just like not judging what what's there, you know, you're just like, all right, I'm going to be with this while it's here so that I can learn from it and then move on, you know? So I just love that so much. So, so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like um, this is a good time to get into our final question, which is one of my favorites. And it is knowing what you know now, where you are now in your journey, freshly into your thirties, but so wise, you know, thank you. What advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now about your spiritual journey? You know, when I see this question, I think about it a lot in a sense, well, well, what would I say? And I try to journey back and I've worked with the inner child and so like remembering how I felt when I was younger and, um, I don't know if this is bad advice, but I wouldn't give myself advice. Mm. I wouldn't say anything. I was a very mature child. Um, I had to grow up very quickly. And Mm. I was always the person who was emotionally mature. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. whenever I think about what I would say, there's no advice I could give because everything that I was when I was younger has helped me become who I am now. So the only thing I would say is like, give myself a word of encouragement and say, even if you feel alone, like believe, I believe in you. That's it. Mm. There is nothing else I would change because I think it would honestly not even honor my younger self if I mm. did that or if I would give advice. I don't know if I could hear anyone's advice. I was honestly very stubborn too because I just, <laughs> I don't know. I think I was more susceptible. I just knew stuff. I don't even know. Like my mom even mm. would say things to me and say, you used to just say stuff. You were very honest uh, growing up. Even my dad says the same thing. And so mm-hmm. I've always been myself. And I think when I was younger, I was actually louder. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. My voice was louder and not in like, disrespectful manner I just mean I my truth was louder and along the way as I got older that's when I lost that way and now Mm -hmm. I'm finding what I always had I'm discovering that I'm experiencing that and so I really resonate too with that word of practice recently I was I've been working on my bio Mm -hmm. and just this language again playing with words love it Mm -hmm. uh design practice has become that word now for me Mm. because for some reason and I think it's just the connected to deconditioning of what you said earlier is that work is something even if you work for yourself 
freelance, contractor, whatever that is that you do to make money, it is work to some degree. And so there is some relationship to that word that's not necessarily something that we have created, but it's something that we have been taught and instilled to have. Whereas practice is something that you do each day that is a unique experience and can be introduced and shared with others or it can be your own devotion so and I think Mm -hmm. I believe that's why that word has less power in the word of work but more power in the word of self Mm. and so practice has become really important for me and I think when I was younger I was just practicing Mm. I was loud I would you know so to speak I was honest so to speak Um, and so I wouldn't give any I wouldn't I honestly think about that it's the same as like what's your five-year goal I'm like I don't know like Mm -hmm. because five years ago (laughs) I don't know if I could have predicted or tentatively have said oh I'm going to do this this and this like we all have Mm -hmm. goals yes Mm -hmm. but it goes both ways I, I just I feel like it's not fair to my present self Mm-hmm. If I think of, like, it's okay to have a goal, of course. We all have certain goals with, like, a five-year plan, so to speak. It's almost like I don't even know if my younger self could have planned for this. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. And that reminds me. I would just say that. <laughs> no, that's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And it, it truly does honor the whole journey, you know. But I love, yeah. I was really touched by you saying like I just the word of encouragement you know to just you're not alone you know I see you that's such a beautiful like expression of non-judgment um you are worthy you know yeah as you are encouragement so I love that so much so much. And in listening to you talk about the five-year plan, I totally agree with you. And it reminded me, you're a manifesting generator, right? In human design? Actually, or you're a generator? I don't know what I am. I'm in between a generator and a projector because oh, okay, my mom's okay. given me two different birth times. Oh, so 15 okay. minutes makes a huge difference. So I'm yes, one of the other. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting because, you know, sometimes you can intuitively, when you have, you know, something like that, you can intuitively just by your own experience decide like what, which one resonates, you know, the most. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And this has been such an incredible conversation as I knew it would be. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So thank you again for doing this, Adina. It has been, it always is a pleasure to just spend time just getting to talk with you and to just experience your journey. Um, I know we will continue to have these conversations yeah. <laughs> and yeah, continue to, you know, be a part of each other's lives in different ways. I'm, I'm hoping I get to work with you again and with through wild logic as well. Yeah. So yeah. Is there anything that you want our listeners to know about that, you currently have in the works anything you just want to share before we wrap up um okay well 
speaking of goals, <laughs> I do have a goal. I do have a goal. It's not five years, but I do have a goal. Um, I'm just putting my work out there a little bit more mm. accessibly, mm. so to speak. Um, it's one of those fears that I've had. I wanted to, I've wanted to create products for years. Mm. I mean, years since 2018 to be exact. And I'm finally making that happen. Wow. And so that is something that's coming soon. So by the end of the year, I will have at least print store, a print store live. That is, that's one of my Wow. That's incredible. I'm excited. I'm going to say promise. That's one of my promises to myself. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm so excited. I'm going to be looking out for it for sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited for that. And yeah, just excited to continue to watch your journey, to continue to watch you evolve. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been incredible. This is, it's been really warming, actually. Uh, It's Mm. been very warming, grounding, peaceful. And I appreciate Mm. you sharing this space, this new space with me. It's Mm. beautiful. And I'm excited to see what comes next, comes from it. Thank you so much. Me too. <laughs> me yeah, too. You like me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. And I will talk with you very soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening to my spiritual friends from Worthy Well. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Shelby Renee Giles. And to check out WorthyWell's latest events and offerings, visit our website at worthywell.co. Until next time, journey well.